holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Welcome to the More Perfect Union, the podcast that offers real debate without the hate. Sitting in for Kevin Kelton tonight as moderator, I am Rebecca Krishneider, a progressive feminist from Kensington, Maryland. With me, we have... DJ McGuire, a conservative feminist from Suffolk, Virginia. Let's unpack that a little. DJ, why have you decided to be a feminist this week? It's... <laughs> yeah, what is it this week? Yeah. What's this week? Is it, no. is it a Pride Month tribute? What are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> no, no, I think it is just a, a recognition that, uh, that progressive conservative confuses a lot of people, though I still like the term. Uh, trade war conscientious objector is very, very specific. And the fact of the matter is when it comes to various social issues, especially uh, over the last few weeks, I large I land on the feminist side. So I figured, well, the label makes sense. All right, then. And who else do we have here? Oh, you have Greg Matuzak, a common sense liberal who might be looking for a White House uh, press secretary job <laughs> from Cincinnati, Ohio. I mean, you don't lie nearly as well. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you're 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 much too earnest. Well, we'll talk more about that later. We will talk more about that later. Kevin is on vacation this weekend. I am laying bets. I'm going to take the over that he's going to secretly get married while he's away. Um, I might be wrong about that, guys. Do you, what do you think? Is is he on a secret Vegas jaunt? Oh, I. <laughs> no, no. I think I think he's he's uh. He's just having a good time. So a little R and R, little R and R. Yeah, well, he'd invite us. I, he'd invite us for sure. He'd Skype <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> it would be. It'd be. A, we'd we'd Facebook live it. You'd get to see the whole thing. <laughs> I I refuse to rule out it an, an an elopement, but we might want to actually present to him the idea that uh, that he sh- whatever he should do. He should make it as a podcast because it would be a more perfect union podcast. Oh, stop. (laughs) All right. Well, we have had a big week. We've had Trump being as Trumpy as Trump can get. He uh, did an interview with George Stephanopoulos this week in which he was uh, talking about whether or not he would accept uh, intelligence, whether his campaign would accept intelligence from foreign governments, um, that that's illegal. But uh, he seems to think it's a perfectly fine idea. Uh, not only did he say it was a perfectly fine idea. First of all, the uh, the actual full George Stephanopoulos uh, interview airs tonight. Uh, we're 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 doing this uh, Sunday afternoon, so the full thing is on uh, ABC tonight at eight. And I'm super psyched to watch it. That's my Father's Day gift is I'm forcing my family <laughs> to watch it. But um, he said, he, he's like, why not? That seems ridiculous. You know, a foreign power, you know, with, uh, sure, a hostile foreign power says, hey, we got some dirt on your opponent. You'd be, 
you'd be a you'd be a mooch not to watch. You'd be a you know you'd be crazy not to watch this. You'd be well, come on, you know. But uh, yeah, but he backtracked a couple of days later after. Um, well, who was it? Uh, Democrats, Republicans, lizard people, the Queen of England. Well, everybody. His it was legal everybody. team. His legal the FEC. team. <laughs> FEC. Um, but because yeah. the re- it is in fact illegal. You you can't accept anything of value from foreign nationals a- according to federal election law and opposition research. Like he was trying to couch this in terms that this would just be opposition research, but opposition research has a value. That's why people get paid handsomely to do opposition research. This sort of thing just kind of misses the whole point of what he did. Uh, among other things, Trump bashed his own intelligence community. He he contradicted his own FBI director, and he basically invited any foreign power, any hostile foreign power, uh, to do whatever the heck they wanted to interfere in our elections. Uh, and then he threw out a line about how it's just information, when in reality it is more than just information. Uh, there were there were crimes committed in 2016. There was information stolen in 2016. There were all sorts of uh, manipulative uh, actions taken, and there was evidence of outright cooperation between the Trump campaign uh, and a foreign government. Not enough to to bring charges against anyone in the Trump campaign, as Mueller noted in his report, but in part that was because Paul Manafort lied through his teeth. So this this was a lot more dangerous than just various opposition research being floated around from across the ocean. This was about Donald Trump once again deciding that his personal advancement is more important than the integrity of our election system. So it was it was just like uh, any day that ended in Y for <laughs> Donald Trump. And and yeah. when I say that, I mean Trump does this like all the time and the shock value for this sort of stuff. I mean literally he 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 asked the Russians to hack Hillary Clinton two years ago, and people were like, oh, that doesn't sound too bad. And now he's doing pretty much the exact same thing. Like, I take it, if anyone's listening to George Stephanopoulos on ABC, Sunday night at 8. Um, and, <laughs> I mean, and now he's doing that on national TV, which I'm pretty sure a lot of foreign nationals might be listening. Um, this sounds like... No one's shocked or, sh- or surprised by this behavior, this and way, illegal like, behavior. It seems like that he's attempting to reinforce his existing relationship with Russia. I mean, we we here all acknowledge that Russia helped him win the, the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And he's he's very he's very upset about a New York Times report that came out this week that said that we have increased our surveillance of Russia um, you know, our, our, our cybersecurity measures in Russia, we've stepped up because we'd like them to maybe stop hacking us. And uh, Trump is so antagonistic to that idea that the CIA, the Pentagon aren't even telling him about what they're doing anymore. Yeah. And that that tells us, again, it's another example of of the erosion of of it, of our institutions. And you know, I, I, I get that we are all very concerned about Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin, and we should be. Uh, but I was more than a little nervous to find out that our military had been essentially planting Trojan horses and various things all throughout Russia's electrical grid. And nobody 
felt that the president should be informed. In a normal circumstance, that's terrifying. We need to be careful about our visceral disgust at Donald Trump, which he earned, and make sure it does not spill over into the office of the presidency itself being permanently damaged. I I read that story, and my first thought was uh, Seven Days in May. Uh, Do you guys know? you, you, You guys have heard of Seven Days in May, right? I've heard yeah, of it. I'm, I'm blanking on what it is. I'm going. I'm going to pretend I have, and so and <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to stroke my beard and like, so. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Okay. 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 But but okay. some of our listeners might not have. So why don't right. you tell them? Sure. It, Seven Days in May is is a novel that became a that became a movie that was turned into a movie about a mil, essentially a mil, an attempted military coup against a president who is who signs a nuclear disarmament treaty with the Soviet Union. This was 1964 when the Soviet Union was still around. Uh, and you can tell in some of the uh, some of the coup plotters, their combination of ambition with genuine fear about the president's motives and about what about the effects of the president's policies. And I read this story and, and I had this sense that. As angry as we are about Donald Trump, and we should be, as upset we are about Donald Trump's cozy news as Vladimir Putin, and we should be upset about that, we have to make sure we don't turn the 2019 version of General Scott into a hero here. I do not like the fact that the military chose not to let Trump know what was going on about this kind of thing. This was a major cyber incursion. Yes, it is quite possible Donald Trump could have kiboshed the whole thing. Yes, it is quite possible, and it still is quite possible that he could leak all these details to the Russians and make matters worse. I understand where our national security establishment was coming from when it decided, you know, it might be best to use the loopholes in the law to make sure to to not tell Trump the specifics of what was going on. I don't think it is best for the long term of the republic to keep the president of the United States in the dark about something like this. If you genuinely don't believe you can trust the president, then you need to be more cooperative with the House committees that are investigating the president. Let's say the House Intelligence Committee, the House Armed Services Committee, and let them know, hey, look, these are the things that we are doing, and we're really worried that the president is going to blow the whole thing up on us. You don't go ahead and do all this stuff without telling anybody and then spring it on the New York Times in the hope that it's so far ahead that the president can't reverse it, which, by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump does reverse it via tweet sometime within the next week or so. Do we have any sense if anyone else in the administration had been briefed on this? Could they have, you know, just done an end run around Trump himself and briefed Mike Pompeo, briefed Mike Pence? John that Bolton. I, that John I don't Bolton. know. It is quite possible that Bolton would have that Bolton would I think Bolton would have known about it based on my what I what I read of the Times article. I don't know if it went higher up to any cabinet ministers. That I do not know. And the the CIA director is not a cabinet level position. No. Right. That so. is correct. I mean, I'm assuming the CIA CIA director authorized it and and was part of the decision not to tell Trump. I would presume I would presume that the CIA director knew. I would also presume that the secretary of I would also presume that there were folks with on the civilian side of the Defense Department who knew, depending on how early it it, it 
depending upon when it started, perhaps it is possible that Mattis and Shanahan knew, but I don't know that, and that wasn't stated in the piece. Uh, now, I think it was. And, and Trump is, is mad that we're spying on Russia, but he's promising not to spy on North Korea. Right. Yeah, that, and that was even worse. <laughs> uh, we, we... It's been a long time since DJ told us that something is worse than we think. And yeah, I know. It's finally Trump doing something worse, not just us having an opinion that gets worse. Yes, yes. Yeah, I know. He just he's, he he apparently Trump was upset that uh, Kim that Kim Jong Nam, who was the half brother of Kim Jong Un, was actually was actually a CIA asset, talking helping us get some better information on the Hermit Kingdom. That offended Trump's sensibilities because you know he and Kim Jong Un are supposedly BFFs now. And so Trump just flatly said, oh, I would – I think his exact words were that would never – that would not happen under my auspices. In other words, he's basically promising never to spot – not to spy on, on North Korea. Keep in mind, there are only four countries for whom we have legally promised we will never spy on them. Great Britain, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand as part of the Five Eyes Agreement. We promise we share all our information and we don't spy on each other. There are NATO allies who do not have the promise that, that Donald Trump just gave Kim Jong-un. And it's just, it's, it's baffling to me. It's utterly baffling. And since, let's face it, Kim Jong-un's main goal in life is to blow us up. Like, that's, that is what he wants to do. He would like to blow up at least a chunk of America, if not the whole thing. We should probably have eyes on that process. Yeah, we should. But thanks to Donald Trump, now we don't. Well, maybe we do. And they're just not telling Donald Trump. Well, there could be that too. You know, once again, either he's a genius and he is like, look, we're not looking. We're not looking. And and now mm. Kim Jong-un is like, see, they're not looking. We can do whatever we want out in the open. And now, you know, the path is clear. Donald Trump. Chick, 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 chick. No, Genius. no, 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 or no, no. Big dumb baby there. I yeah, the, 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 the genius nonsense that, that, that only works, that only works in Hollywood, that only works in the movies. In the real world... The various people who the various people who we had working for us in North Korea are basically burned. It's open season on them. And Kim Jong-un knows that if he happens to find any of them, he can put a bullet in the back of their brain and no one's going to complain because, hey, Donald Trump promised he wouldn't spy on me. And I found an American spy. And on top of that, it's not even going to have to be an American spy. I found an American. This person is clearly a spy. Otto Warmer, take two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or or a di- or anyone who is willing to speak out against against the regime, right? Can who just is find also the- maybe seen an episode of Friends? They will clearly become a, an American spy in that circumstance, right? Any anybody that Kim Jong Un doesn't like, he can now say, "Oh, you're you're an American spy. I can kill you because Donald Trump promised that he would never spy on us, and he's not going to be able to say anything about it." This is a disaster. There is no genius angle here. It's all it's dumb baby all the way. Well, you know who won't be spinning this as a genius move is Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who announced that she will be leaving the administration uh, forthwith. Now, so I I heard a rumor, and I don't know if it's true. And this, once again, we're going to be, we're going to, you know, I really want some money from George Stephanopoulos for this, because we're talking a lot about this. <laughs> I was going to say, when did ABC sponsor us? That, that's news to <laughs> I me. I don't know. I'm completely unaware of that. It's not ABC. It's George Stephanopoulos. He, he's been texting him a lot. himself. He's, so the <laughs> rumor that, besties. I know. Tight with George Stephanopoulos, and, as and, Trump is with Kim Jong-un. 
Exactly. And for the record, this Stephanopoulos uh, special, if you miss it tonight, it's on demand. But anyways, <laughs> the rumor is that uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders told Trump, do not do this. Do not do this interview. This is a mistake. And Trump goes, I can handle him. He's he's not even like five foot two. I think I can handle this guy. And he did it. And it was a, it's it's going to be a disaster. Not only did he like. You know, there's all sorts of mistakes in it. He looks bad. Um, George Sanders, of co- George Stephanopoulos, is, of course, is smarter than him. He has better hair. The whole thing. And afterwards, and he's, a, he's a former political spokesman. He was a Clinton staffer. Oh, I know. I mean, he like, he, know, he knows spin. I know. So afterwards, Trump just loses his just freaks out. Right. And then he runs to Sarah Huckabee Sanders and says, you are supposed to tell me not to do this. What's wrong with you? And she, I guess, freaks out and says back to him, I told you so. This is your fault. And that's where the firing, this is where it comes from. That he said, I told you not to do, let me do this. And she said, I told you so. And then that's gave her the old heave ho. That's the rumor I heard. I don't know if it's true, but, uh. I love that story. I love that story. I'm going to keep telling it as, until it becomes lore, until elves and orcs file it into cave walls, and uh, it makes everyone look bad except for, of course, George Stephanopoulos, who you can see tonight at 8 o'clock. Well, I, I was I was going to give all sort of chapter and verse as to why you were wrong, Greg, but of course— oh, please. I'm go- but I'm not going to do that because I'm going to rely on something I learned from Yes Minister. Uh because as, as crazy as that rumor sounds, it has yes. not been officially denied. And of course, any of us who watch Yes Minister know the first rule of politics, never believe anything until it's been officially denied. <laughs> as that has not been officially denied, I can't be certain that that is true or untrue. So I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> now, for the record, I am getting my resume beefed up for the uh, Trump press secretary. I would love this job. I mean, so there ha- what your resume will say is I am capable of never holding a press briefing. Exactly. I, I, mean, I can go weeks at a time without holding any press briefings at all. And and that's the tragedy of, of this woman's I mean, legacy is no, there is no information coming out of her office. I mean, that's amazing. When was the last press briefing? Was oh, it's it, been months. It's, it's, it's been, been March, I think. Yeah. yeah. And um, she she had this great. Well, she had a statement that's patently absurd, and Stormy Daniels had a wonderful response to it. Sarah Huckabee Sanders has said she she hopes she'll be remembered as being open and honest. Stormy Daniels says, yeah, and I hope to be remembered as a virgin. <laughs> so, but, you know, and now the, the question is, will Sarah Huckabee Sanders now be welcome at the Red Hen if she wants to go there now that she's not actively covering up for Donald Trump and his... his uh, creepy administration i don't you know is it gonna be easier to get a table if you don't work for donald trump well will she go on to will she go on to um you know fox news will she go on that's actually an interesting question and this is going to get into a feminist moment that's going to make your brother go insane um sorry george but um sarah huckabee sanders is not she does not fit the physical mold of what Fox News typically likes to to hire in their on-camera talent. She's she's not blonde, she's not young, she's not she doesn't look like she could be starring on America's Next Top Pundit. So I'm I'm curious if 
the job alone is enough to get her a contract or if they would want to give her some sort of like Greta Van Susteren makeover um, before they, they give her a seat at the desk. Well, I mean... I don't think they should. I think if you're going to hire former press secretaries, you should hire them as they are. You shouldn't expect them to meet a standard of female beauty. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I mean, you're right. She shouldn't be hired due to her her level of attractiveness, but for her credentials, which for Fox News, she has tons of credentials. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, she's... She, I mean, she know. has a perspective and an outlook, and which right now rivals... There's no one in that world. She'd be she'd be great at that. She and her think. dad could co-host a show together, and then, like, you know, we could all call in and be like, hey, didn't your brother kill a dog? Oh, boo! That's true. Her brother is a psycho. Yeah, the yes. two of the, the 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 two of them the two of them could host their could host their own show, and it could be called the Hucksters. And <laughs> but frankly, anybody who is attempt anybody who wishes to maintain a decent reputation in what we call the real world should should run screaming from Sarah Huckabee Sanders and frankly from anybody else who works in the press shop of the Trump administration because the only thing that again it's i this is one of these black swan things where you want to be sure that no one is ever given the impression that they should be able to enable someone like Donald Trump ever again I hate to do this because it means a lot of ripping up of the notion of community, a lot of ripping up of, you know, there are all sorts of rules about the way Washington works that were that I'm essentially recommending breaking. But I don't really think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Sean Spicer or Anthony Scaramucci or really anybody who spent time in the Trump administration and did not make it very clear that they were trying to throw stand in Donald Trump's gears should really have any role uh, in setting policy or doing what they thought was their job for policy in any endeavor whatsoever. I mean, Jim Mattis left in a perfect way. He basically said, I want to do things that make sense. You don't. So I'm leaving. Jim Mattis is the exception that proves the rule here. I fear for anybody else in the Trump administration working their way into the establishment or staying with it and essentially giving us the impression 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, oh, Donald Trump really wasn't so bad because he had all these good people working for him. No, no, we have to put our foot down and say, no, sorry, if you spent this much time spreading around Donald Trump's lies, we do not want you working for us ever go away. Sorry. No. So, and th- if they that didn't actually... have a state-run TV operation called Fox News, they probably would be a little bit more shunned. However, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Well, that actually kind of as are we going to see once Donald Trump is out, and that's either going to happen in 2020 or 2024. It's going to happen no matter what Donald Trump thinks. Because, I mean, he has he's already made claim that, like, oh, my people may may demand that I'm I mean, he has no concept. And he's he's made comments like like, you know, people will ask him to stay for two or three more terms after he's, you know, fine, whatever. But he will be out either in four years 
or you know six years whatever so the question is um will there be a softening will people or will there be a total rejection will people say i never i never liked him will there will the gop totally turn on him that depends on whether or not his daughter succeeds him really you think ivanka is going to be like the heir Oh, yeah, no, that was that in uh, Michael Wolf's book. They talk about how Jared and Ivanka are like, oh, yes, okay, daddy will be president, and then Ivanka will run, and, and, and it'll be a dynasty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, why, is this, I, I, why, is this, why is this news to you, Greg? Because, yeah, one, no, I didn't I mean, read Michael Wolf's book. Because, oh, no, no, but well, no, but okay, if, you go, if you go to the but... comment section of crazy right-wing stuff, they love Ivanka. They want her to be the first female president. They think she's great. This no. Be, yeah, I, I thought that was a joke. No, I mean Ivanka is probably she's, I mean, she's she's yeah. less qualified than her father. Well, maybe more qualified because now she's actually been to Washington. But um, no, she she has no qualifications. No, she she it's trophy collecting the same way her idiot brothers collect um, large game in Africa. The same way her father considered winning the presidency trophy collecting but yeah no they, they all they just want to they just want to pin the ribbon on their wall they want the plaque they don't actually want to do the work they don't give a shit about us they just like saying they won stuff yeah greg greg if if trump is reelected in 2020 then the 2024 battle for the republican nomination will essentially be a horrific dystopian version of that hbo so that hbo show succession the one where Brian Cox plays the media head and his kids are all kind of scheming against him while pretending they're loyal to him. It'll be about that. It'll be the battle between Don Jr. and Ivanka to, to determine who was the Republican nominee in 2024. They are definitely going to keep the Republican Party in the family. Yeah, that's amazing. And the Republican we, we have to stop this charade that the Republican Party is somehow different than Trumpism. The Trump agenda with a few exceptions, um, which become less exceptional by the moment, is the Republican agenda. His domestic agenda looks pretty much like the typical Republican agenda. Cut services, cut taxes, make rich people richer, side with corporations as much as possible. You know, his his border enforcement policies were a little more extreme than Republicans typically propose. However, now that contractors have figured out they can go make a ton of money interring um, asylum seekers, the Republicans are going to adopt that. We've got CCA in their opening facilities. And, you know, yes, he is completely upending all of our alliances overseas, but I don't have any doubt that Mitch McConnell and family could find a way to make the best of that. Uh, they'll be fine. So, 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 long as, so long as Mitch and Elaine uh, yeah. can continue, can continue uh, sticking her their- dad's check. Right. Yes, yeah, so as long as they continue sticking their heads in the trough, uh, they won't care. I mean, the no. fact of the matter is, it is uh, Donald Trump has figured. Initially, the idea may have been that the Republican Party was Donald Trump's mark. Now, the Republican Party is a combination of Donald Trump's marks and Donald Trump's fellow grifters. Yeah, no, That's it's really a wholly subsidiary of the Trump organization, and it, Donald Trump has assimilated much yeah. of Republican ethos, and he's brought in a lot of legacy Republicans who are just pumping along, doing exactly what Republicans have done for generations. I don't know if I would go that far, but that may be another podcast discussion. Yeah, you and I differ on John Bolton. 
Well, no, we we used to differ on John Bolton. I've grown greasy, I've grown increasingly disappointed in him. But that's all. Like I said, that's a different discussion. And uh, before we go on to a different discussion, we are going to take a quick break and uh, advertise for some wonderful products and services that you can all buy at your leisure. I love products and services. Everyone oddly loves oddly products. enough, none of them are oddly enough, none of them are ABC. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Well, what else is not going to be on ABC, I believe, are the primary debates. What what network have those been announced for? ABC. <laughs> well, shoot. And I hear I am wrong. Yeah, honestly. I, thought, I thought it was NBC. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe it is NBC. But I, maybe, I, it's, maybe it's all the, the networks are going to be. Whatever. Okay. Clearly, none of us are television executives. But as we get into the discussion of the 2020 primaries, the big news this week was the announcement of who actually made the cut for the debate. Yes, John Delaney is going to be on the stage with the big boys. Yes. And uh, we have two groups, the purple group versus the orange group, which sounds like Kamala Harris's logo is fighting itself. Um, and uh, yeah, Greg, you were you were talking a little bit about the rundowns. You're pretty excited about this. Yeah, I'm super psyched. So the first night is it's it seemed like the bottom of the barrel for the most part with Elizabeth Warren and of the top five or six. All of them made the sank at night except for Elizabeth Warren. And for the most part, it's like Godzilla in a room full of Ewoks. And <laughs> I mean, she is going to, you know, Elizabeth Warren smosh. Um, the only one I think in there who is going to put up any defense <laughs> of her Elizabeth Warren power is Cory Booker. Um, and But we all know that a lot of these first debates, I think, I believe is, is going to be a love fest. Like, Hey everybody, it's going to be John Kasich. Um, in the first one, like, Hey everybody, we're not the enemy. It's Donald Trump. You know, Hey, I agree with you. Donald Trump's the, if we all gang together and use our heart power, we can summon captain planet. That's going to be the whole theory until the second night. Second night, you have Biden, you have Bernie, you have Mayor Pete, and you have, I think, Batman. You have everybody. <laughs> and it's I'm just going to be. I'm not Bruce Wayne in the second debate. No, but I'm pretty sure no, someone. Batman himself. He's not going to come in as Bruce it's, Wayne. It's going to be Batman versus Superman. You have all the big names um, Ryu from Street Fighter. 
um, all the big it's and it's just going to be like uh, Jimmy Fly Snuka yeah. is going to be there. It's going to be Rainbow nasty. Dash from the My Little Pony series. Everyone and it's yeah. and Bernie's going to say and weirdly Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, right, right. Yeah, because yeah. everything's better with Paul Rudd. Yeah, and 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 he looks like he's twenty two. Yes, and, he does. And and Bernie's going to start start it all off with like he's going to say, "I hate you." I hate you. I hate you. And I'm not even a Democrat. And it's just going to get nastier from there. Okay, Night for, two. Awesome. Two, 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 two things. One. I'm wrong. Your, com- your, your comments about Paul Rudd tell me that neither of you have seen Stranger Things because Paul Rudd definitely looked middle-aged in Stranger Things. I'm just okay. saying. That's fair. Uh, they can make even Paul Rudd look middle-aged. Uh, secondly, uh, I think I, again – I remember from the 2000, from the 2016 cycle when Carly Fiorina basically made a name for herself by beating expectations in the first debate, uh, what was considered the undercard back then, uh, and oh, yeah. make, making herself a force to a point where, she, where Ted Cruz picked her as his uh, pre-nomination running mate in an attempt to work <laughs> Donald Trump. That did not work so well. <laughs> About all that. Oh my gosh. 2016 was the clown show. Yeah. So, but I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that this is because the expectation now is that Elizabeth Warren is just going to clean up in the the first debate. It is quite possible that any candidate who's on that stage who either manages to go toe to toe with her or manages to outshine her for even for a brief moment, they could end up catapulting their campaign into the top tier. I'm thinking perhaps somebody like Beto O'Rourke, possibly Booker or Klubachar, or frankly, anybody on that list. God help me, even Tulsi Gabbard could do it, which would just give me an incredible amount of heartburn. Um, but <laughs> which, fact, which night is Marianne Williamson? Uh, uh, she She's on the second night. Yeah. Oh, man. I, Marianne Williamson versus Bernie. That's a good matchup. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. really a yin and yang moment, not, not to be confused with Andrew Yang. Yeah, who is also on the second night. But right. the fact uh, of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, there is an opportunity for anybody who is not Warren at that debate uh, to make a name for themselves and get themselves get themselves talked about. As for Warren, she's got to be. If I were her, I would be very upset about the way this was this whole setup went down. But at the same time, she is also not going to be in any position where. Uh, she's going to get hurt by Biden or Sanders. She's certainly not going to be hurt by anybody who's who's on that stage. She's not going to. There's nobody there who's going to really make her stumble. Oddly enough, the fact that she is not showing, she will not be there at the second debate, pretty much ensures that she will end up winning the second debate by not being there. So right. if I'm Elizabeth Warren, I'm upset now, but she'll probably end up benefiting from that after it's all over. I agree. I think Elizabeth Warren just has to continue to be Elizabeth Warren. Like she can't be defensive and she can't smack back at anybody, even if they try and take apart any of her myriad plans. She just has to simply go up there and be even keeled and as smart as she always is. And she doesn't lose anything. But, what she but, just yeah. stands to gain remains to be seen. But there's very, it, it's very easy for her not to lose any standing. Yeah, the the but, only but, issue that the only issue that could hang on, Greg, the only oh, yeah. issue that could that could possibly the only issue of those 
candidates who are on the debate stage with her could possibly use against her if they would want to uh, would be uh, would be on on freer trade and some of the protectionist stuff that she has talked about. But none of those candidates, except for O'Rourke and Delaney, are probably even going to bother to go after her on that. So it's just a matter of whether or not O'Rourke and Delaney actually choose to bring that issue up uh, as as an attempt to go after her. O'Rourke probably won't. Delaney probably would because he he has to throw up something to make himself relevant. And I say this is a Delaney supporter. So as far as Elizabeth Warren is concerned, it's just a matter of have a response for John Delaney if he brings up the matter of trade and everything else just coast through, frankly. OK, let me say this. The only times I really, really enjoy Elizabeth Warren is when she clapbacks at people and when they say stuff like, uh, do you think that Joe Biden is wrong? Yes. Yes, I do. And I'm waiting for <laughs> when O'Rourke, when they say, Mr. O'Rourke, uh, Elizabeth Warren thinks that she can provide uh, free uh, education, college education. And he goes, well, you know, I think that she might be Miss uh, uh, Elizabeth might be Miss Red. And I'm waiting for her to go, excuse me, that's Senator Warren to you. And you say it right. And you're wrong, Beto. And she just jumps his shit. And that's what I'm waiting for because she's right and she knows it. And the certainty in her conviction is what we love about Elizabeth Warren and that she knows it. And she doesn't take crap from 25-year-olds who look pretty on Vanity Fair. That's the that's the Elizabeth Warren we want. The passion, the fury, not not pretty models. Yeah. And, wh- and what Do you and guys what remember- and what is and what is going to happen, Greg, when yes. Elizabeth Warren goes up against a seventy four year old president she who pushes him down the flight of stairs, who out tariffs <laughs> her, who out trade wars her, and who basically takes what she thinks is her is one of her big issues turns it on her and fires it at her and basically tells her, no, I am better at protecting the American worker than you are. I am better at America first than you are. And she can't respond to that because she is unwilling to defend freer trade agreements. Yeah, she's she going to lose on that. She's going to lose. Yeah, she is. And that's going to be that. That was the issue that sank Hillary Clinton in the Sun Belt. It stopped the southwestern and southeastern realignment dead cold. And my big problem with Elizabeth Warren is she acts as if that realignment never took place. An Elizabeth Warren nomination. And again, I would say if I had to bet, I would I would bet that Elizabeth Warren will be the nominee. It gives up Florida, it gives up North Carolina, it gives up Arizona, and it assumes that Elizabeth oh. Warren can draw the inside straight on the Wonder Bread White Midwest. And I don't think she can do that because she can't out-protection Donald Trump. She would be in a worse position than Hillary Clinton was in 2016. She would have to rely on the great anti-Trump anger from his administration to get elected, and that might be enough, DJ, but that's not are- the only way we should bet. You are 100% right, but I am not there yet. I am only talking about primary debates. Understood. And we are, when we get to that Trump, we will kick it. Yep. I mean, and as for Elizabeth Warren, you know, having trouble building a a base of support, she's surging to second place in polls this week. For the first time, she is surpassing Bernie, and she's sitting just behind Biden. If I were Bernie Sanders, I would be extremely nervous. If I were Pete Buttigieg, I would see an opportunity. Right. Right. Because I I think I think this gives an opportunity for Pete to really strengthen himself. I don't know why I think Pete more than Kamala, but I do. This this is based on sheer instinct. Because we're assume because we are assuming that Joe Biden. I mean, 
Joe Biden is essentially the lead person in the quote unquote moderate lane. And if Biden stumbles, the most likely replacement for the, the replacement for him in the moderate lane would probably be Buttigieg at this point. So that's why this is an opportunity for him, because so long as it's a Biden Sanders race, Biden has the advantage. And anybody who wants to replace Biden in the moderate range has to has to listen to the well, it's either you or Bernie Sanders, the hell with it. If it is Elizabeth Warren that replaces Sanders in the in the left wing lane, for lack of a better term, then it becomes Biden versus Warren. That's a very different dynamic. It is far more easier for voters to go, wait a minute, for Democratic voters to go, wait a minute, if the choice is between Biden and Warren, I mean, Warren isn't Bernie. Warren is smart. Warren can Warren does. Warren does not have these idiotic people on the Internet who hate everybody else. Warren is a decent alternative. Biden is weaker against Warren than she is against Sanders, which provides an opportunity for folks for folks like Buttigieg and for folks like O'Rourke, but definitely now Buttigieg, to say, well, wait a minute. Do you really think Joe Biden can stand up to Elizabeth Warren? Do you really think Joe Biden can beat Elizabeth Warren? If you want someone who you think is more of a moderate and can appeal to independents and, and, and moderate Republicans upset about Donald Trump, do you really think Joe Biden is your guy? Maybe you want to take a look at me instead of Joe Biden, because the alternative, yeah, be, yeah, and that's the kind of thing that Buttigieg and O'Rourke need, and that's an easier discussion to have if it's Biden versus Warren, because no one says, well, if I'm wrong, Warren's the nominee. That doesn't have as much sting as if I'm wrong, Sanders is the nominee, because Sanders just has so much bad blood within the party. Yep. Now, we all we all presume that Pete Buttigieg is running for a cabinet post, right? No. No. Not oh, anymore. You, th- you think he's in it to win it? I, I still think that he's got his eye on a cabinet post. No, I think nope. I can see him at labor yeah. very easily. Nope, not I, anymore. I, you, you, you don't, as a mayor of a city, you don't talk about foreign policy unless you're looking for the brass ring. Right. You talk about infrastructure. You talk about intergovernmental relations. You, t- you know, th- there, there are things you talk about when you're trying to say, hey, put me for this or that cabinet post. Put me for HUD. Put me for HHS. Put me for what you know. Put me for uh, transportation. When you talk foreign policy, as a mayor, you want the brass ring. Yeah, you don't sit down with the ladies of the View like five times unless you really want it. I mean, that's miserable. Now, as for brass ring, <laughs> speaking of brass ring, Trump may be finding the brass ring. Flying farther out of his reach. Apparently, he got some internal polling data that he did not like, and his response was to fire his pollsters. <laughs> That's what I do when I get bad news. Yeah. I, I, I fired my CPA when I got my tax. I was like, these tax returns are terrible. You're fired. And um, did the IRS still collect the taxes from you at the end of that? No, 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 no. No. Oh no. Not. So, so firing your pollster may, in fact, improve your your always. In, uh, oh, always. I fired my doctor. <laughs> I fired my doctor when I got. I was like, this blood pressure is ridiculous. I fired the nurse too. I'm trying to think what else. People, other people, I fired. The speeding ticket. That's ridiculous. You're fired, policeman. You did yes. the opposition research on the policeman and brought it I, up. I did. I did. I, that's I, what you really did there. Yeah, I kept telling him, "You, I pay for you. I pay my taxes. That's your salary." C- police officers love it when you say that. Um. Yeah. But so, anyways, this internal polling is showing that Trump has weaknesses in areas where it's not great to have weaknesses. 
uh, as a Republican. There were some states that were pretty strongly Republican that he had won in the past, and and now they're in question. There are there are states that had flipped to him in 2016 that now are Ohio. Greg is pointing to himself. He's not doing the Ohio state arm moves. I'm disappointed. I want to see this the again. OHIO. That's actually um, okay. Ohio University. Let, 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 let's, let, let's all step That's back OU. here. Let, let's all step back here and keep in mind two things. One, Trump is not firing these pollsters because he didn't like the information they gave him. It's because he doesn't like the information that they gave the media. These numbers leaked. He did not like the fact that they leaked. And that is what is upsetting him. Secondly, how can he be sure that it's them leaking and not Sarah Huckabee Sanders as a goodbye gift to the press that she's been screwing for six months? (laughs) I I can't. But Trump goes with his instinct, as we all know, and his instinct is telling him that it was a pollster's fault. So they're gone. The other thing to remember is that these polls were taken in March before the bar mischaracterization of the Mueller report. We do know that Trump got a small bounce out of the bar mischaracterization of the Mueller report. So we really we can't be certain that a bunch of March polls are actually accurate today for June, let alone next year. So let's as nice as those poll numbers were for all of us, let's take them. Uh, with a salt lick and recognize that they are now three months old and that things have moved since then. You and your silly reality. I was going to say, I like, I like, I like Rebecca's story better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, One thing that could potentially drop Trump in the polls is his border enforcement policies. He's got somebody opening a new ice detention center. I don't know if this is a for-profit company or not. Um, but they're going to do it in a former internment camp used to house Japanese Americans during World War II because those optics are terrific. Um, ha- is he spinning it like, uh, hey, I'm recycling and recycling's good for the planet? Yeah, uh, I think he's just talking about walls. What a dick. He's a dick. What a dick. Um, these are just bad people. I mean, just... Just horrible. But you know what? Uh, these these detention centers, I mean, I don't think I'd feel b- good about these detentions, these new detention centers if they were brand new. So, I mean. Well, go and read. If you've read anything about the Japanese internment camps in California, they were built in areas where the population is very minimal because they are in hospitable territory. These are desert camps. Uh, some of them, it, particularly in northern and inland California, the the residents there did not have adequate shelter. They did not have adequate water. They were in some cases forced to to do work out in the blinding sun. There were, there were no amenities there. I can't imagine we've been doing major improvement projects on them since the 1940s. They can't be any better than they were back then. So we are putting people in internment camps, which is another word for concentration camp, in these horrific conditions, and all these are, are people who had the audacity to cross a, an arbitrary line without the right papers in their hands. It is, it is all designed, this is all designed to do one thing and one thing only. It is designed to discourage people from coming into the country. It is designed to, to basically send a message. We do not want you here. Please stay away. We would much rather have our population decline slowly and slough off into a Japanese lost decade because you have the wrong skin color. So please stay away. It is ridiculous. 
it is insidious, but it is all of the same design. As Adam, as Adam Serwer put it in The Atlantic, the cruelty is the point. It is about making us inhospitable and, and making us a no longer a desirable destination for these people desperately trying to escape tyranny and violence in their home country. And frankly, it is, it is not it, it, to, to use the old line from the French Revolution. It's worse than a crime. It is a mistake. Yeah. Now, um, something that is a crime is violating the Hatch Act. You, as a federal employee, are not allowed to endorse or you. What you're not allowed to do is talk about candidates in either a positive or a negative way as a federal employee. Kellyanne Conway not only does that. She does it on television. The Office of the Special Counsel in the Office of Governmental Ethics has actually recommended that she be fired for that. Uh, DJ, has George Conway tweeted about this or is he conspicuously silent on this one? I have not seen a George Conway tweet about this uh, in particular. Um, Although, frankly, that is I guess that would be somewhat understandable Uh, if because if he if he did tweet about that, it about that it would be the it would be the equivalent of may i have a divorce lawyer please uh, <laughs> yeah let's let's leave george conway out of this i mean that's not cool i mean it's his wife i mean I, well you know what he has commented on other people breaking laws within this administration she broke a law oh come on i'm not going to ask you know you know i don't i I don't ask. One of the reasons I don't pick on uh, Melania Trump is because it's it's his wife, and I'm not going to ask her to publicly speak out against her husband because it's it's you know whatever her deal is, you know she made the she made, uh, and I still believe in the sanctity. Today's my uh, today's my 18th anniversary, by the way. So this is my time to get up on my soapbox, and who knows? Today could be Kevin's first anniversary for all we yeah. know um, yeah, no, it, could, it could be day one of his marriage could it be is day the first one anniversary. Yeah, right yeah. right first anniversary yeah. next year you know and i still believe call me a romantic but i still believe that you know you you stand in front of people whether a judge or a rabbi or a priest or a tree whatever and and you say words that you're going to be true to someone or or not true or whatever the deal is, you know, that those words mean something. So, you know, we should leave these people alone about their spouses, um, even if, you know, Melania still hasn't said anything about, you know, cyberbullying to her husband. Fine. I'm not going to bug her about that. You know, she gets a pass. Same reason I never got on Hillary about her and Bill's relationship. That's their thing. George Conway should be left alone with and whatever deal that he has with Kellyanne and and the fact that he wants to do this out in public most of the time that's his deal and i think that's kind of like you know your wife is doing something you you disagree with take it up in therapy man but leave us out of it you know if you don't like your wife working for trump you know leave the rest of the country out of it because it's 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 none of our business that's common sense liberal mic drop you are never going to get a reality TV contract with an attitude like that, Greg. I will. I'll get. This is how Jerry Springer got his own TV show. I mean, by the way, you are never going to be on the Real Housewives of Cincinnati this way. No, I won't. I won't. But it's true. Uh, so, but do, what do we think? Kellyanne Conway will depart the administration oh, at yeah. any point. 
Oh yeah, she'll go straight to the campaign, and well, she'll make happen anyway. Yeah. Right. It just yeah, we, that, we... that was a matter of timing. She was always going to go back to the campaign because she was the right. she yeah. she takes credit for getting Trump elected in the first place. Right. She'll she'll she will she will replace Brad Pascal uh, because Brad Pascal is really a data guy. Uh, he's going to trip and fall on face plant at some point, and Donald Trump is when that happens. Donald Trump will fire him, and he'll replace him with Kellyanne Conway. Yeah, and I'm sorry, Kelly can't take credit for Trump's election. She did not make. You know, two thirds of this country illiterate. <laughs> so that was Steve Bannon then. Yes, thank you. You're going to give that to him. Yes. Now, in the in news of other um, currently former, as opposed to soon to be former Trump administration officials, Hope Hicks has decided to comply with the subpoena that she is required by law to comply with, and will testify in front of Congress behind closed doors. I'm I I'm given to understand that there will be a transcript released. But she's not going to attempt to cry executive privilege and get out of testifying. In this case, Orange is not the new black. And more to the point, uh, the fact that she will not testify publicly uh, means that the Trump people and Trump himself probably know that so long as there is just a transcript, the transcript can be spun because nobody that none of Trump supporters will actually read the transcript because none of them have actually read the Mueller report either. So. So long as there's no TV cameras, so long as there is no uh, no statements of hers that are on video, the Trump people are probably fine with that because they can they can spin whatever transcript they want because their supporters won't read the damn thing. Today is another very special anniversary that I feel like we um, need to recognize. Four years ago today, Trump descended an ugly gold staircase in an ugly building in New York and began an ugly campaign. And, uh, and really? here we are. Really? So this is how you, how you're ruining my anniversary, my, my wedding anniversary. You're going to bring that no, up. Your wedding anniversary was beautiful. It was gorgeous. All Thank of the you. staircases there were lovely. Yes, the it was. The building very pretty. You know, it your was. hair looked great. My your hair, my, my hair still looks great. Thank you. Um, you know, you were handsomer than your twin brother. It was, many, you know, your many wedding was people. beautiful. Many people commented on that. Like, boy, your twin brother, who who's he? I mean, he's just the guy who looks like you. Right. But you, 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 you're taller. And uh, yeah, that many people mentioned that at my wedding. Um, many people are saying. Anybody? Many people were saying. And I have photographic evidence. They were like, but sure, you guys are. Thought, yeah. Who would have thought that one escalator ride could change the trajectory of our country and deny us? the uh, most qualified candidate ever to run for president and instead give us a reality game show host. That is the weirdest thing in the world. If And I remember, I remember even talking about it and laughing about that escalator. Like, like, did you guys all see the escalator? Blah, blah, blah. It was laughing. So slow. It took him forever to, you know, get from the point that he entered and got on the escalator to get to the microphone. We all just had to sit there and watch him. It, it looked like something out of a, uh, a Rowan Atkinson sketch. Oh, I know. I, to this day, I, I, I still think it's a joke. Um, like, I remember looking at my husband as, as the Republicans started, you know, knocking themselves out of the primary process and be like, you know, this isn't going to happen, right? Like, someone's going to get some sense and this Donald Trump thing's not going to, like, happen. Right. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm sure that somebody's got to, got, you know, the, the this will change. He won't win the nomination. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We that was that was about that. Yeah, I can't remember. 
I can't remember who on the who on the podcast was the first to say they they would think that he was going to win um, or had a chance at winning. And I know if Kevin was here, Kevin would say, "Well, I think I was," but I, I know he wasn't, and I know DJ wasn't the first. Never thought you never no. thought he was going to win. Was it Cliff? Might have been Cliff. Yeah, I think Cliff did, and we all laughed at him um, and pointed fingers and said something else yeah. derogatory. Um, I remember when my when Colin Peterson said my my husband was in a meeting with Colin Peterson and he said no I think Trump's going to win the presidency and I'm like bite your tongue Colin but Colin was right because Congressman Peterson he knows he knows this stuff he knows he knows his deplorable deplorables oh you know I don't want to say anything about Colin's constituents but there a lot of them are Trump supporters in in that particular part of Minnesota and uh, he he's got a good sense of yeah, no, I like Minnesota. I love Colin Peterson. I love Colin Peterson's constituents that I've met. And he, but he, yeah, he, they gave him a sense of the reality of things that the rest of us chose not to believe. And he saw this coming. Wow. Well, weird. Well, let's end on something happier than that. Let's, like, yeah, uh, let's end on something happier than that. It's happy Father's Day. Both of you are, in fact, fathers. Kevin, also a father, not here. So what what are you guys doing to celebrate being the non-gestational parent in your various couplings? Deej? Um, well... You have a teenager, so he's on his phone and uh, you're going about your day. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. He's, he's got, he, yeah, he's got, he has his video games, he has, he's driving now, so he, he has his life, and, uh, I will, I'm letting him live his life, and, uh, I usually see him when I go up, when I go up for work, or actually this week, I'm gonna go up to testify before the International Trade Commission on Trump's latest uh, tariff proposal for China. So on my way back home, I will see him and uh, have spent some time with him. And that's what I usually do. But, you know, I, I don't rely on the calendar for that kind of thing. <laughs> Greg, what about you? Do you do? I mean, it's, it's also your anniversary. And it's, it's my anniversary. Day. It's, it's all sorts of things. Um, one of my daughters is in New York. She'll be singing at Carnegie Hall tomorrow night. So uh, she texted me. She said, happy Father's Day. Um, and the other one uh, made me a picture. They both got me new beard oil. Ooh. Um, yeah. Does it have a nice fragrance? It or is does. it just like a sweet almond oil or something? No, no. It's called Wisdom. Wisdom. Let me say that again. Wisdom. So, um, so you'll be I, like Gandalf next week. Yes. The beard will be down to your toes. And I'm, you'll I'm be hoping so. Wisdom. Uh, I have been, I've been, stro- I've been, you know, stroking my beard wisely and sage-like all day. Um, I don't think it makes me smarter, but uh, it does smell a little nicer. It's not so citrusy, which I kind of like. That it's more woodsy. Um, so I like that. That was kind of nice. Um, and then uh, for my uh, for my anniversary, it's the porcelain anniversary. So I got my wife. Um, I got my wife uh, uh, a set of mugs. One has Han Solo and the other one has Leah. And Leah says, I love you. And the Han Solo says, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Well, for those of you who know how to respond correctly to being told I love you and don't imitate Han Solo, thank you so much for being here. You can check us out on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook at More Perfect Union Podcast. You can share our link on our on your Facebook timeline so your friends can discover us as well. And if you'd like to join in our political debate between shows, join us in our Facebook group, Open Fire Politics. If you would rather debate food, you can be an Open Fire 
food and fitness. If you want to talk about relationships, there's an open fire for that. I believe there is an open fire for beard oil now. We're going to start that if it doesn't exist. But we're all in there, and we would love to see you too. So, Greg, what are you going to be doing this week? I'm going to be buying my brother a new microphone and teaching him how to use it. <laughs> Jesus. And, uh, yeah, you all learn about that next week when, when we bring in uh, George Matuzak, hopefully, as a special guest. So thank you all, and have a fantastic week.